Gigi no recap. We're gonna go over what happened in the third session, right? Mm -hmm. Of T1, the village of Hamlet. Jim was playing the half elf Burrell. John, you were playing Shamgar, the fighter, half, mm -hmm. half orc. Yep. Tim, you were playing Zen, the rock gnome wizard. Yep. And Rommel, you were playing Mad Rocks, the human fighter. Okay, actually I remembered all that. And we had hey, Zert. Oh yeah, uh, you had an NPC hench uh, guy, well, not a henchman, he's gonna take a share of the loot and all that stuff. Uh, Zert, who you found at the inn. A retainer? No, he's just an equal party member. That's right. That was his terms. Anyway, so you guys did a lot of dungeon workmanship tonight. Nothing, no, 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 nothing too fancy. Mm -mm. But you managed to fight a bunch of zombies in a room yeah. and get them in a choke point, right? In the first, or the uh, under level of the dungeon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Didn't even really have to roll all that out because it was a foregone conclusion. You found a secret door beyond the zombies down to a ladder to a lower level of the dungeon where you entered a crypt and fought a bunch of ghouls and almost died. Rommel's character Madrox was holding the line there, went down to zero HP, but managed to resist his paralysis. Oh, but he failed three death saves. No, two uh, death saves. No, he failed three. Nope. And then he rolled with advantage. Oh, that's right. He used, he used inspiration. his inspiration. <laughs> and yep, it saved yep. the day. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. So. And then he dropped, and then Zert kind of was the next in line as a fighter to take the choke point. Yeah. So uh, that worked out. And ghouls in older editions of D&D are nasty. They're not, I mean, they're still pretty bad in 5e, but I was running them according to the olden ways, where if they attack three times, mm -hmm. and every time they hit you, you have to save versus paralysis. Yeah. And if you fail, you're going to be paralyzed for turns. That's like 10 minutes each. Mm -hmm. So potentially tw 120 minutes. Yeah. You're going to be stuck in place. And they get to attack three times every time. It's crazy. It's really bad. But yeah, that was dumb that we actually survived that. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was, it was just a lot of it's, it's, bravery. It's some smart tactics and some, and some bad some Yeah, bad bravery rules. and tactics mm. made you win that one. You went and explored beyond that, found a crayfish pool, giant crayfish, mm -hmm. decided not to mess with it. A giant armored beast. <laughs> <laughs> Burrell apparently had never seen a crayfish. Pretty convinced it's some sort of dragon. Uh, explored further. Or a and demon. <laughs> ran into. From the deeps. <laughs> she wanted to negotiate with it. <laughs> ran into nine. She partner with it. Knolls. We, we, we triggered a trap. Yes, but you didn't know what it did yeah. at the time. You opened a false door, which mm -hmm. triggered a portcullis elsewhere in the dungeon to keep you from escaping. Mm -hmm. But uh, it didn't come into play this time. Yeah. Uh, instead, you talked to Knowles and parlayed, and in exchange for most of your cash that you had on hand, they would tell you everything about the dungeon, leave the dungeon, uh, except uh, Rommel had a good idea to get them to fight with you against Lareth, who is the master of this cult that's infesting one wing of the dungeon. And he's hired all these monsters to, to fight for him and occupy his dungeon as, as guards. Uh, so y'all managed to get that under control. They told you the secret symbol or gesture to make mm. in order to pass yourself off as cult members. Oh, we, we didn't ask why uh, Lareth wanted to be in this dungeon. No, you didn't. I guess you can later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. They may not even know. They probably don't. In any case, they showed you the way to get out. And to get out, you pass by a door that enters into the wing where Lareth and his cult 
is hanging out. So you went out, finding it, uh, an exit to the road, went back to town. When you went back to town, Brother Calmert from the Church of St. Cuthbert offered you uh, a chance to get some retribution at the Druids of the Grove by killing the Archdruid's precious pet black bear for 500 coins, which would be pretty sweet, 500 silver. And uh, we thought about that for a while and made a bunch of ridiculous plans and then decided not well, to they, do... They weren't that ridiculous. But but it was, was but it was but it was bonding. I mean, it was uh, it was an inspiration action also for us to bond. Yeah. And to plan, uh, and, and not really come up with anything that great because we're all drinking really heavily, and it all just seemed like such a good idea. Uh, and after it just went back to the dungeon. But yeah. It was like the shawarma scene at the end of the Avengers, mm-hmm. just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Makes sense. And you guys saw the aftermath of a fight between some Cuthbert folks and some Druid folks. Mm-hmm. Things are coming to blows. And Brother Carmuch said that some people that he assumed were from the grove mm-hmm. threw some rocks through the stained glass windows of the church. So things are getting nasty in the town on that front. In any case, you guys went back to the dungeon, back in through the way you found earlier that exited from the road. Uh, you explored the rest of the ghoul's crypt, found some sweet loot, including some magic items, and a bunch of like tunnels that went all different kinds of ways that seemed obviously trapped because there were trails of coins going in each of them. So you noped out of there after casting Detect Magic and seeing nothing. You went back up to an area where there were bugbears, noped out of there as well. Uh, Bugbears followed you, however, but some quick thinking Mm -hmm. delivered you. We Uh, did a Wookiee prisoner trick. We had some capes we found from the red eye from before. We did the sign and told them that we had found them snooping around and we were capturing them and taking them out. And they said, okay. They bought it and run away. And you guys went up through the secret door that you found earlier and found your way back through another secret door to the first level of the dungeon, to the moat house proper. And from there, you guys just went back to town to regroup, get more HP back, and probably sell some magic items next time. Oh yeah, we're just gonna cash in like all our magic items so we can get second level. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to look up how much these people are gonna buy these items for, but that will be fun next time. And uh, anybody have any comments? Tim, I know you had several Tim, complaints. Go ahead. I just really dislike, and I know that's probably just how it was, but I really dislike the whole turns and dungeons and, and like every 10 minutes, everything's a turn and decreasing. I mean, it's, it's gamey and that's how it was meant to be, but I just find it tedious and annoying for what we're used to doing of just searching and playing and exploring a place and just takes me out of it and i'm just like okay this is working it's much more heavily resource management yeah but i'd rather the resource i'd rather that not be resource like i'd rather the resource be like hp yeah, spells. H- yeah hp and spells and stuff like that like don't give me another layer on top of that that's my jam though i love it yeah. i can't get enough of it yeah. it's my favorite don't like it you get tired of hearing decrement torches yep decrement torches yeah gentlemen start your torches that's going to be my catchphrase from now on. It should be. It will be. What is the idea behind that, though? So... Here we go. Yeah. So That's D&D good. started from war games, which started in the 19th century as actual generals and armies, like in Prussia and uh, in England and other places. And, you know, they want to fight wars, right? And figure out if we attacked Transylvania, would we win? And so they would study historical battles and then try to reenact them with rules mm-hmm. and using like figures to represent, okay, if our units go over here. So that happened and developed and developed and developed and developed until it was just a game, not just something that 
military strategists did. And people would assign point values and they say, this figure here represents, uh, you know, 20 soldiers, or this one over here represents like an entire legion of Roman troops. And so those rules developed. And then uh, people like uh, Dave Arndt, well, there was a thing called a Bronstein game, and it was a variant on a war game. I can't remember the guy's name, but it'll be in the show notes. And what he would do is come up with a historical scenario like it's World War II and you guys are allied troops in Germany or something like that. And instead of playing an entire army, like being a general, you were one person, right? So, and then you would try to negotiate just fictionally like we do to get stuff done. Then Dave Arneson, who was one of the co-creators of D&D, started doing a game in his setting of Blackmoor where you would go into dungeons. You're, you still have one character like in the Bronstein games. But you and they were still using war game rules like hit hit dice and all that kind of stuff and rolling a d20 that all came from war games you would go into dungeons to try to get treasure and this was how you made your guy stronger and able to survive more than one hit right okay and then he worked with gygax gary gygax and from there the game developed into its current state and so war games already had turns you go i go your resources like your hit points are winding down i think hit points were gary's idea i'm not sure about that somebody can probably correct me it was really a game about resource management, mapping. I'm not making you guys do mapping. Normally, Gary would just sit back and say, you enter a room that's 10 by 10, and you would just have to map it. I would love to get there someday, but I haven't come up with a system that makes that not horrible. Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty horrible. So we got to figure something out, but that was what it is. So you, had, you took in as many torches as you thought you needed, and this, it's hard to get lost in a map like this, but... The early maps and some maps that people make today are called like mega dungeons and they're giant. And you can easily just get lost, run out of torches, and you're in the dark with no light and the monsters just eat you because you failed to plan properly. So that's really why you have these strictures and these turns to emphasize proper planning and skill and mapping and that kind of stuff. Because you'd be mapping and say, hey, wait, there's like an empty space here. Let's check for a secret door here. And you check and spend the turns and time. And what Here's enough treasure in a secret room right. to level us all up, that kind of stuff. And then from there, people started developing more like role-playing and dramatic stuff that entered into it. Anyway, that's what. Any other comments about this game? Anything like that? The module itself? Jim? So we have seven areas that we've found so far that we have not explored. Oh, you're keeping a list. I made a list. Wow. He's got a list of areas we haven't explored. Mm-hmm. How about that? It's good. All right. That's, a, that's some next level kind of stuff there. That is next level. From the new guy. I was going to take a picture of the map, but I didn't think Daniel would let me do that. I did not approve. Yeah, so uh, so I think that the mini mini Mac uh, combined with drawing your own map works well. I think that makes sense. It's an okay compromise. Yeah, because you're giving us a clear idea of the physical space instead of trying to describe it verbally, which has just been such... <laughs> We've gone back and forth on that so many times, and it's never really worked out well. It's just, it really drags down play and... Uh, yeah, um, on that, I actually read some stuff recently about how to map or create maps for games like this. And they say, just make boring maps that are just square rooms. Because even though you miss out on some interesting architecture, mm-hmm. you can just say it's a 20 by 20 room with a door in the middle. But Boom. then it's like... Really, the middle of the wall? Well, or you, or you can it? say a door on. You have to come up with like a language that everybody yeah. knows. Well, we totally tried that, but I guess we could make it but even if you more could, basic. Yeah, if you combine that with a predetermined structure that you know will be amenable to that kind of approach, then I think you got something. 
So mm. anyway, uh, that's all. Next week we'll try to sell some items, uh, maybe make some alliances. The tensions in the town are going to get worse, and we'll see what they make of it. Well, I'll say like Maze of the Blue, Blue Medusa. Um, just don't don't really worry about kind of the spatial orientation of things. So they might as well all be just twenty by twenty rooms or whatever. Yeah. They are somewhat differently sized, but really spatial orientation doesn't really matter at all because they all connect in ways that you wouldn't expect anyways. All right. Really. Social media, GG No Recast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Patreon. Yep. Patreon.com slash GG No Re. Give us a dollar, you get on our Discord server and can chat with us and stuff. Yeah, if you don't like have an Audible already, sign up for Audible and uh, you can support the podcast like that. All right, GG No Re.